Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back, and as always, thank you for listening. So let's talk about Joseph for a moment. Uh, My church has a Sunday school curriculum that's going through, evidently in this situation, biblical characters, but uh, talking about Joseph, not necessarily Joseph and Mary, this is the Joseph in the Old Testament. Now, this is Joseph's son of Jacob and Rachel. If you want to track that, you can go to Genesis chapter 30. That's really where it kicks off. Now, Joseph is an interesting character. In fact, uh, he's so interesting, I wrote a book about Joseph. It's called Pharaoh's Right Hand, and it is available on Amazon. But, uh, in short, Joseph himself has some unique qualities, and the reason I'm mentioning him is because a lot of times when we grab a biblical character, we kind of deify him and give him a lot of qualities that that are fantastic qualities, don't get me wrong, and they do show these qualities, but we tend to weigh them really heavy. Now, the reason I say that is because uh, a lot of times when we look back at biblical characters and we look back at even reformers, it's almost like they can't do anything wrong. And everything they did was totally understandable, and everything they did was totally fantastic. You know, sometimes it just feels like an unrealistic picture is coming through. And I think that's a disservice. I think it's a disservice for several things. Number one, I think it's a disservice to them because they were human. There was only one person that ever walked this planet who really was perfect, and that was Jesus. And so, that being the case, everyone else, uh, admirable as they are, and as close to God as they were, because, man, i got to tell you, yeah, I'd love to have that kind of relationship, you know, to get that close. Uh, I would love to be as close to God as David. Uh, And I'll be honest, um, (laughs) I'm not sure what it would take to do that. But but I'm certainly going to try. So here's the thing. Joseph started in the beginning, in his teen years, a little sassy. And, yeah. I mean, it happens. And you can write it off as, oh, well, you know, that's just the age. And you can write it off for, well, no, he was a little spoiled punk. And, yeah, he was daddy's favorite. And all that fun junk. You really can. And you make good arguments for all that. Um, And he didn't tell his brothers, when he he had some, some dreams about him really kind of ruling over the family. 
And for someone who's like way down the food chain on the number of, uh, because in those days they did it by age and he was like the second to the last youngest of the whole group. I mean, Benjamin was the youngest kid and, uh, whoa, uh, you know, he's way down the food chain as far as who would take over. But God had other plans for him, see. And here's the thing that I think is is really admirable. And it doesn't really explicitly tell you this. And this is why I think it's so admirable. Is that, first of all, uh, the biblical record is very plain in showing you that yeah, he's a little spoiled. I mean, basically, he's shooting his mouth off to his brothers. Hey, you know, I had this dream that I was ruling over you guys. Wow. You know, like, they weren't going to, you know, like, they were just going to, ooh, wow, that's fantastic, Joseph. I'm so happy for you. No. No, that's not what happened. No, they basically were like, no, nah, let's kill him. And, uh, <laughs> oddly enough, I think... It was Reuben, uh, who was the firstborn, who said, "No, let's don't do that. Let's let's sell him instead." Anyhow, um, the thing is, God's plan. Now, here's the thing: he had some rough years. Joseph did some pretty rough years they put him in a well and basically wells it was a cistern where water was normally stored and in those parts if water was not full in that cistern then what you had is a big nasty mud ball mud mud pit and then you throw somebody down in that and what happens is they sink down to their neck in mud and let's just say the mud probably didn't smell so great. So it's not really a fun experience. It's not like a mud bath. Although it is a mud bath. It's not like a nice mud bath. Because who knows what's mixed in there with that mud. So here's the thing. He had to wait in there and then he got sold into slavery. And then he got bought. Now, all of this is bad. This is bad stuff happening to him for not really anything he did other than he was sassy. But when you think, well, we were shooting his mouth off a little bit. Well, did he deserve all that? No. Not really. That's like you shoot your mouth off and somebody comes in and you split your head with a, with a stick. Well, no, that's no. So here's the thing. God watched over him. God watched over him. God didn't forget about him. Put him in the house of Potiphar. Potiphar was the king of the guard. Not king of the guard. But, uh, the uh, general coordinator, however you want to look at it, of the guard. Very influential dude. And uh, God blessed him there. He was a still a slave. 
And he was still in bondage. And he was still had no rights. And he still had a whole bunch of stuff. But God never forgot him. Now, then what is what is happening? All of a sudden, Potiphar's wife comes out of nowhere, you know, kind of and, and sets him up. And he goes down for something he didn't do, which was adultery with his mistress. And by the way, wasn't totally unusual in those days for owners to have extracurricular affairs with their slaves because they were looked at as property, not necessarily human. You know, totally human. So the thing is, would that really have raised eyebrows? No, not necessarily. The thing is, it's basically Potiphar's wife saying, hey, this dude came and he tried to rape me. Well, Potiphar lost it. And now, but here's God working again because Joseph is not getting set in a hor- in in the most horrible situation because in Egypt there were a couple of different jails. There was the jail that was basically the jail of no return, and the jail of no return was. Basically a hole, and that was for criminals, and, and and by the criminals I mean murderers, rapists, and horrible thieves and stuff like that. And they basically threw them in there to die. They didn't expect them to get out. They didn't expect them to finish their sentence. They didn't expect any of that jazz. They basically threw them in there, and they died because it was horrible. And there was no food, or, or there was food, but it was like super minimal Conditions were like super bad. Joseph got put in, an, if you can think of this, as a minimum security prison. Because this was the kind of prison that officials went to. And this prison had the possibility of you getting out. So you could actually do your time and get out and return to your job. So the baker and uh, the butler, or the, the cupbearer, it says, of Pharaoh went in there because Pharaoh was mad with him. Well, why was he mad with him? Well, probably a poisoning attempt. That happened a lot in ancient days. I mean, and they had food tasters and wine tasters. Um, sometimes that job can get kind of dicey. Uh, you know, you're eating something and then, ah, they croak. And you're going, okay, who killed them? <laughs> Somebody tried to poison me. I want that person and their whole family. So here's the thing. Maybe a poisoning attempt. And uh, in that situation, what do you got? You got food, baker, and you got drink, cupbearer. So Pharaoh was upset, sent him in there. But they had the possibility of getting out. Doesn't mean there wasn't corporal and there wasn't like capital punishment in there, by the way. Because obviously it didn't work out real well for the baker. But the thing is, God blessed him where he was. It doesn't say, I mean, the passage doesn't say 
Oh, and then somebody figured out that Jesus was uh, that excuse me that Joseph was wrongly accused and took him out and made him administrator. No. Instead, what it says is God blessed him where he was in the prison, and the guy that ran the prison saw all of the fantastic administrative stuff that Joseph was able to do, and that God was blessing him. Well, now, here's the kicker. Then there was an episode, of course, where the cupbearer, or the butler to Pharaoh, you know, there's the dreams, and then and Joseph gives the interpretation. Not because he's got some kind of weird, super-hyper ESP power to do that. It's because God talks to him. God told him what the interpretation was. See, and that's what a prophet is. A prophet is somebody that God tells what something is. It's not, oh, they got ESP. No, it's not their gift. It's God telling them something. So if you want to look at it as a gift, it's a really tight relationship with God so that, guess what? Spirit of God tells them something and they know what it is. So here's the deal. Baker, unfortunately, lost his head, literally, and the butler was restored. But it doesn't say, oh, and the butler went to Pharaoh and says, and says, oh, Pharaoh, there's this guy named Joseph, and he's back here, and he knows dreams, and he's really cool, you need to get him out of there. That's not what happened. You know why? Because it's reality. Because the biblical record is true. Because he forgot him. And it's been, it was two years. Two years later. Before, one day, the butler says, Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was this guy, Joseph. And he was able to, to interpret dreams and stuff. He's pretty cool. And it was because, what? Pharaoh was having dreams. Now, at this point, you know, then Joseph gets his moment. But you, but if you notice, it's he has years of experience and years of demonstrating what he could do with the Spirit of God behind him. Because if somebody brought somebody to Pharaoh and said, "Hey, man, this guy's a financial genius. You ought to see. You know, you, you know, I, I, he's he's amazing." Well, how do you know that? Well, I don't know. God told me. Oh, really? Well, what's he done? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, I got this voice out of out of the sky, and it said uh, that he's cool. Well, Pharaoh would have said, you're nuts. Get out of my face. I'm putting you back in that jail. No, 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 no. What happened was, Joseph had all this experience behind him. And these people were able... I mean, if Pharaoh wanted to double-check his work, could call these other people, you know, I say call them, but say send a messenger over and say, you know, I, I want to hear. Come and tell me about this kid. About this guy. How does he do stuff? If he hadn't been in those situations, there wouldn't have been that experience for him to draw on. You know? For him to draw on, but it also he wouldn't have had the reputation to draw on. Now, so what's the lesson from Joseph? 
So what's the real lesson from Joseph? The lesson from Joseph is that God can bless you where you're at. You don't always know why you're there. You have to... When when the word says, you know, do everything as unto the Lord, it's not joking. And the reason it's serious about that is because later when you get the moment God wants for you you will have all of this reputation behind you this verification behind you of look what this guy's done look what this lady's done and then it it's really it's Proof in the pudding, you know what I'm saying? I mean, because it's one thing to say, oh, well, God told me. Because, unfortunately, that holds a lot less weight than it used to. And it shouldn't, but it does. But when you have, hey, this guy's really blessed, or this lady's really blessed, but also, look at this stuff. Call their ex-employer. And, and they just they just said, wow, you ought to see the work this person's done. It's amazing. It means something. It means something. Now, does that mean the employer is, is always going to you know, go to bad for you? No. It's not what that means. But I'll tell you this. If you're doing awesome work and God's blessing you, then they're going to have a really hard time dissing you if you're succeeding. Have you ever heard the have you ever heard the, the term success is the is the best revenge? In some ways it really is. Success is the best revenge because you can't you can't bury it. I mean it's there. So that's what it worked out for Joseph. Notice that, notice that in the, in that biblical story, God didn't swoop in and say, "Okay, everybody, straighten out. You've everybody's messed this poor guy up, and I want you to, I want you to fix it, and you to fix it, and you to fix it." That's not how God works. God works through people, and God works behind the scenes. Why does He do that? Because, and I've mentioned this before, God does not obliterate human will. If people want to be silly, they can act goofy, they can do that against his will, against his better judgment, against his word. And they will pay the price for that. Yes, they will, as a matter of fact. In fact, I think in the biblical record... Uh, it doesn't really explicitly say this, but I got a theory, and it runs this way. Judah and uh, Simeon, who are full brothers, by the way. Most of the twelve sons of Jacob are half-brothers, but anyway, these guys are full brothers. Those two guys were kind of come up with the plan of one of them, I think, Simeon wanted to kill the kid, wanted to kill Joseph. And Judah was like, eh, let's sell him instead and make some money. 
So, uh, both of those guys got jammed up later. In fact, Simeon got got tied up and put in jail. Um, how bad it was, biblical record doesn't say. But, uh, evidently he wasn't the worst for wear, but he did get put in jail. So here's the thing. Joseph wasn't perfect. It never says he was perfect. But you know what he did do? He responded to God in a positive way. And this was before the Old Testament was written. It's before the laws of Moses. It's before the Exodus. So, so he had to rely on what his dad taught him about the living God. And he kept that relationship. He didn't have the Bible to fall back on. He couldn't just pop pop out the scroll. Oh yeah, here it is in this book. And we do. If anything, I think that speaks mounds about Joseph himself. Now, later, he does some kind of wild stuff, messing with his brother's heads and playing some psychological games and getting a little, you know, pound of flesh out of him, which wasn't totally kosher, but, but still. The thing is, is he never forgot God. He stayed. He stayed with him. And God never forgot him. Why? Because God doesn't forget people who focus on him. He doesn't. Never has, never will. So, with that thought in mind, and you think about Joseph, and go back and read that, and, by the way, if you'd like a, a little bit of a deep dive into it, my book is not that expensive on Amazon. Again, it's Pharaoh's Right Hand by L.A. Blackburn. So, if you want to check it out, I encourage you to do so. But whether you do or you don't, Thank you for listening. I want to encourage you to keep on speaking it out. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. All of your